Hello and welcome to 709 Meridian, an audio commentary podcast. My name's Andrew. And this is Dee. And we are continuing our summer of duologies. We have uh, reached the beach with Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, And we're doing them front to back this time. Thank goodness. Though we'll have to (laughs) do some spoilers for two. um, Sort of. But uh, yeah, Weekend at Bernie's. Um, We'll get to it. But I'm looking forward to this one. The first one, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen it in a while. It's been a minute. All right, all right. Starting in three, two, one. Play. There's Leo the Lion, who of course was not in the theatrical. It's a Gladden release, so it came out from uh, 20th Century Fox. And uh, here we go. Welcome to summer 1989. There we go. Jonathan Silverman. Uh, Two year or no, a year after Caddyshack 2. So on his way to. Oh, my God. On his way to kind of nowhere. But um, better hair than he's going to have in a few years. There's Andrew McCarthy, who originally read for Jonathan Silverman's role, but instead went with the uh, Larry role. For a couple of years earlier, he probably would have played. Yeah, they wanted him for the nice guy, but he did not want to be the nice guy. Uh, I also was, I read the trivia real quick, and apparently this started as a Corey Feldman, Corey Haim project. No they, way. They changed their minds and made them older. And they eventually did something like this. So, or last resort was, you know, derivative of this goofy, hey, right. we're on the islands. So, <laughs> <laughs> their New York location shooting. Pretty soon they'll uh, they'll be out of there. So I mean, this is uh, Lynn Stallmeyer. The opening credits to Bosom Buddies. Kinda, kinda, but um, John Cryer tried out for both parts and didn't get either. Wow. Yep. I could see him being either. I'm not sure how they got from Central Park all the way downtown so quickly, but they did. <laughs> That's the power of the movies. Yep. So, uh, yeah, this came out uh, maybe end of July, early August, 1989, summer of Batman. Yeah. I think this was the antidote to Batman because it did it did well. What other comedies eighty nine there was Parenthood, right? Like summer eighty nine did not have a lot of comedies. 
And it no, came out late many. enough they could sort of advertise it as a summer movie, like taking yeah. place in the summer type thing. Yeah. This was like a big comedy till like Home Alone was like the king of the comedies around that time, right? Like a year later. Yeah. You went from Batman Fever to Home Alone. And like in between you had this. And look who's talking. Yeah. Can't forget look who's talking. Look who's talking was a big hit. Yeah. Uh, so this uh just celebrated its what 30th anniversary? And oh no, that doesn't make any sense. 1989. Okay, so it celebrated its 32nd anniversary. Anyway, Andrew McCarthy sure. tweeted the poster and said, and nothing was ever the same afterwards. When you think about it, this is one of the least successful cultural touchpoint movies, though. Like, people know what Weekend at Bernie's means, even if they haven't seen it. Yeah. As they drink Coors. It's not just beer. <laughs> I don't think this is what the top of their office building would would look like. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> McCarthy is trying. Yeah. He's trying to be that slacker, but it's it's a um it's a Martin and Lewis, you know. Yeah, it's too Like they're not broad enough for it to be a an easy like because they're not comics, right? Right. So they're like, too serious. Even though Silverman, you know, when he was on Give Me a Break, he was more physical. He was kind of like a junior grade John Ritter. Yeah, there we go. This is, again, one of the Gladden entertainments being a little bit too classy for, I mean, late 80s is the last time you would have this level of sort of film stock quality for this kind of comedy. Like, yeah, it's got that New York personality, even though it's not really a New York movie type thing. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, didn't like Secret of My Success have that exact same scene? I can't get on the elevator. It is impressive that Jonathan Silverman was able to even just get this far. Like, this isn't that different from his Caddyshack 2 guy, but it's just like, I don't know. He was used to this. Yeah. Because, you know, he's a Broadway kid. The Neil Simon plays. Yeah, that's right. I don't remember him looking like such a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he only like 19 here? Mm. Let's see here. And the girl there, that's... uh... 66. Mary Stewart. 23. All right. So, yeah. Very 80s, smoking inside. Mm -hmm. This was one of the last workplace things like this. In the 80s, you had like Baby Boom, Working Girl. Secret of my success. Right? Like Wall Street. A lot of office stuff. Yeah. Wall Street. You had a lot of office stuff, and this sort of was just toward the end of it. He's got it made, that Bernie. Okay, so we're establishing. Yep. I mean, it's Ted Keechoff. He's not bad, right? Like, and Am in the back. Yeah. They really made use of the space. Yep. Uh-huh. I wonder, and 
We'll have to wait till next movie to find out. But I wonder if some of the problem with the next movie is, is they were writing knowing that they had these actors. Whereas in this one, they weren't. And so like, I don't know. It's just got a, it's got sort of a strange personality to it, right? It's kind of got this mix of like late Brat Pack with whatever Jonathan Silverman was in. <laughs> like his 80s movement, sitcom to movies in the 80s. If they were to do this with the Corys, though, they still would have been too young. Yeah. 89? Yeah. I don't would know how they would have did. a different setup. Yeah. Summer job, something. Yeah. Not, not this. They'd have to... <laughs> <laughs> Bernie runs the diner that they work at. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Oh, man. But they're clearly taking advantage of their their locations here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if uh, how we're going to explain to the new audiences that everybody in 80s movies was always snorting coke. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of the time it would already be set up just right, right on the table. <laughs> So I can see why you would put Terry Kaiser, you would think Terry Kaiser could have handled Mannequin 2 from this. Mm. I don't know. You like, know who else it probably would have been? Probably would have been the, uh, who's the guy that played Phantom of the uh, Paradise? Graham. Oh yeah. Cause he's he's good with the oddball. I mean they looked up. Terry Kaiser's face has a lot of personality. We'll see why that's important later. And he was a TV guy. Yeah. You know, on three's company. So <laughs> everybody kind of knew him. And this was his big thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, this has got to be Jonathan Silverman's biggest thing, too, right? Like, what else? Yeah, because last I checked, the both of them had a special guest star on uh, Law and Order. (laughs) 
trying to remember what else Robert Klein wrote. Huh. Yeah, Ted Kichoff. I think he did the next Ted Kichoff thing, the um, Don Amici senility comedy. But uh, oh. yeah. Oh, wow. Robert Klein wrote European Vacation. Wow. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. No wonder. You know, I always thought of that one was kind of a little dark. Ooh, I mean, he wrote a few things, like some terrible ideas, like uh, what is this Walk Like a Man with Howie Mandel. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Man with One Red Shoe, the Unfaithfully Yours remake. Look, if ever there was a movie that belongs to stay <laughs> in the 80s, walk like a man. <laughs> uh, some 70s stuff. Damn, that was the worst movie. <laughs> Looks like... Uh... My episodes of MASH. What ever happened to this guy? Like his career sort of stopped in the early 90s. Yeah. Last thing he did was Tracy Takes On in 97. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, he's not dead yet. Um, yeah. Okay, so we've been missing the plot here. So basically they discovered some accounting irregularities yes and now they're going to come out to the beach and hang out with bernie and they're going to go over all this paperwork and figure it out and they're set up to be stooges we haven't hit that yet don't spoil it no No, because we've got the hard cut to uh all right right there's a lot more story before there's a lot more before the beach yeah yeah but i mean that is also sort of a vaguely 80s thing where you do have the very long setup to the the vacation or the trip or things like that like right because once once it just goes there it stays on that yeah. That's like the centerpiece of the movie. Look at that Herb Tarlick suit. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Yep. Oh, he's got to kill him. We have... Uh, a bunch of effective, uh, stereotypical character actors here. I think... <laughs> um, come on. I wonder if Jennifer Tilly said no, I'm not doing that part. It's too too obvious. Oh yeah, I would have been right up her alley. Okay, so Louis Gambalvo is Vito. He's the boss. He you might recognize him from uh, geez, Alpha. 
Yep, Don Kalp is in it. The other guy was in Real Genius for a second. Guest starred on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and it's funny. Hold on, let's see. Um, and then Tina, PG-13 the, comedy. Yep. Tina, the girlfriend, was in a Halloween 3. Nope, not oh. Halloween 3. Friday the 13th 3. And uh, an episode of Three's Company. And who was it? Leap. For back then. And then kind of. it done at Three's Company? Retired pretty quickly after that. Also, the 80s, everybody's got a pure steer. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Well, I mean, so Ted Keechoff directed, God, I think he directed, was it Fun with Dick and Jane? Which is not a very good movie um, at all. The original? The original. No, I haven't seen the second one. First one, I remember being pretty bad. But, um, you know, he did First Blood. He was a, you know, jack of all trades canadian director right like he just did whatever so look at billy ocean in the background yeah (laughs) doing this really broad comedy where the girls got her mouth full and stuff like that it's yeah It's not quite like George P. Cosmodos doing a comedy, but it's closer to it than not. Well, you push it, be. Okay. So now we're establishing that Don Kalf is supposed to go out there and kill the two guys, except Vito wants him to kill Bernie because Bernie's stooping his girlfriend. Uh-huh. I would imagine this is about the end of our New York shooting. Uh, (laughs) That's a good shot, though. Yep. We get a Bernie's really well made. We're going to have a very nice walking street scene here. Then we're going to have a very nice walking street uh, beach scene later. Like, oh. It was like 1989 was late enough that people realized how to make this kind of movie, right? Like this, True Believer, all that other shit. Like by the late 80s, people knew how to like make a nice, quick New York low budget, lower budget movie with personality. (laughs) Oh, first date jitters. 
It's a lot going on back there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And also, uh, so Jonathan Silverman lives with his parents. So now he's taking a girl home to his parents' house, but he's told her that he doesn't live with his parents. So we're going to talk about the teak in a second, which... Uh, It just kind of looks like a 70s sitcom set. Like, right. <laughs> Look at that wallpaper. That's some bewitched shit on the wall. <laughs> yeah, we are 24 minutes in and we are nowhere near. The punchline. And I mean, the the preview did not hide that it was about them carting a dead guy around. Like, that was sort of the whole sale. A very long first act for a 98-minute movie. Yeah, they could have sped this up a little. I can't really imagine how you're going to do this with uh, the Corys. Oh, you know, this is obviously Haim. Oh, yeah. But just... The girl, the girl would have to be, you know, who was hot back then. Or, you know, somebody you never heard of. Now, this one right here, she was always uh, the girl. Night of the Comet, which I still have been seeing, Catherine Mary Stewart, yeah. I can't remember what else she was <laughs> actually. Really? Uh TV movie with Dennis Farina, I think, where he was a stalker debt grandpa. But other than that... Um... She was the girl in uh, Last Starfighter. Yeah, you know, I I do try to block Last Starfighter, so. (laughs) No. I'm not. uh, uh, Got some things to say to my five-year-old self about that one. Um, I'm getting a (laughs) t-shirt. What was that? Star Command? Star League? Mm-hmm. Whatever the hell. I gotta find one of those. The 80s did have its share of movies where the movie poster was better than the movie. Last Starfighter was kind of that. Last oh, Starfighter... Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I said it. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A great poster. The poster My is science dope. project was another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I tried to get through that, man. <laughs> that one's rough. That is rough. And then you have something like Real Genius that never got the love. Okay, no. so this is director Ted Keechoff in a cameo. 
According to IMDb trivia, according to Andrew McCarthy's autobiography, he wrote, he directed this sequence because Ted Kichoff needed direction for this. <laughs> this is your date night movie, folks. Okay, so Uh-oh. 28 minutes in, yep, it's it's to the Hamptons. Hey. Get used to that outfit on uh Yeah, good old Bernie there. Bernie, because that's all you're gonna be seeing. Hey, so life now, is good. The beach stuff all filmed in North Carolina. Hmm. Based on my very quick trivia. Okay. Got to pay attention because some of these annoying people are going to be important later. Yeah. Well, the world is just going to suck if he stops being Bernie. All right. So we're establishing... The house. Now, the house was a set constructed for the movie. Huh. Presumably, all the exteriors. Okay, so this is important. He's being shitty to some salesman or to some contractor. Yeah. Oh. Okay, he's having a interaction with his gardener. That's important. <laughs> okay, so the other thing is in the 80s, sometimes things got recorded to answering machines and they could be important later. So I feel like TV shows probably got whole seasons out of being able to investigate by listening to answering machine messages. Once that hit the mainstream in the mid eighties, you got a whole extra season of Magnum PI and Simon and Simon, because they could always listen to the answering machine (laughs) to see what's going on.
<laughs> We're not jumping on the boat. Oh, and uh. what I like about Andrew McCarthy in this is he's an unexplained bit, right? Like Herb Tarlick, there's an explanation for it. He's, a, you know, that type hey, of jackass. But yeah, Larry's just this guy. There's no like context to it. It's just this strange. Yeah, he's a wild dude. <laughs> well, you know, he's the Feldman. He is the Feldman. That. Can you even That's imagine? That's the problem. Yep. yep. That's the root of it right there, you know. Come on, have a good time. This would actually make sense as a follow-up to License to Drive. This could, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything to, you know, get rid of Dream a Little Dream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Bernie is hanging out with the hitman here, Paulie. Yep, running through all the setup for the stuff he's done to frame the Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman. And Don Calfo with the crazy eyes. Uh, uh, there we go. And there we go. Uh. There's Bernie for the rest of the movie. Party's just getting started. Finally. Yeah, so there's about an hour left. We're about an hour into the setup of probably where the trailer started, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Because all the trailer stuff is just. <laughs> hey, say hi to Bernie. What's the one trailer? He's the life of the party. I don't. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> what else? <laughs> so, yeah, so Ted Kochev didn't come back for 
Weekend at Bernie's 2. But he directed Winter People the same year, which was one of Kelly McGillis's last theatrical releases. And then uh, Switching oh. Channels, Uncommon Valor. No way, Switching Channels? Yeah. That's, uh, that's Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And um, Kathleen Turner. And Blonde Christopher Reeve. Blonde yeah. Christopher Reeve. <laughs> And then pretty much after this, he did one more, and then he hit TV and never never really looked back. But he's got a solid oh, yes. 80s career, or 70s career, I think. Um, okay, so there's a boat. Everybody parties on the island. Yikes. All right. <laughs> God, now that you said that about the Corys. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not see some bizarro version of this with them but like on a on a sitcom set right <laughs> on a glorified sitcom set not on Victor not in Victor Dre's beach house <laughs> the shots would be a lot tighter yeah, I actually was trying to think how they would have pan and scanned that shot of him drinking at the bar. It's a little much for. He just would have saw his legs. Yeah. Or maybe no Jonathan Silverman. Right. Okay. So they don't know he's dead yet. There's parts where he's kind of helping them along. <laughs> I don't think they've ever done a commentary for this. I can't believe nobody's ever put that together. That is weird. But yeah, so basically the rest of the movie is going to be Bernie's expressions. Yeah. So if he was 23 in this, he was like 21 when they made Caddyshack 2? Okay. Oh. So he was a... He was still a youngin' youngin'. I don't think he had a sitcom for a few years. Like... Well, he was on... He was on a couple of seasons to Give Me a Break. His own sitcom? No. I don't think... No. So I think he went back to Broadway for a while, right? I feel like his Neil Simon one was like 92. 
the TV movie version. So yeah, it was always him or Corey. Yeah, what's his name that played Jerome? Yep. Well, he was in the first movie, wasn't he? Or the second movie? One of them. But then they were both in the TV movie. Yeah, they played the brothers. Yeah, I think. See, now you hear that raspy ass voice. Yeah. Why do these things always happen to me? Yeah, you can hear the you can hear Feldman. Uh. <laughs> it's just such a weird thing because it really is like the it you know the comedy's not. It's just their back and forth. Didn't they have to do a Three Stooges like this? I swear there was one of those. Okay, so now the party has arrived. Um... Oh yeah, this this is a big sequence. Yeah, right. The eight crashers, and they've positioned Bernie in a way that he looks alive, though his uh, early neutral eyebrows changed between shots. There. <laughs> There's a fly on Jonathan Silverman. Yeah, look at it. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. There you go. Your first Gladden Entertainment um, Arnold Schwarzenegger stand-in joke. Yeah, it was very tanned. He's trying so hard not to move. Mm-hmm. Torsers by Tony. Uh, oh, wait. That's the surfer dude. The other dude was the Austrian. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Yikes. His eyes are closed at this point. Yeah. All right. Blinking. So he's now lost the cocaine that was planted on him. Yeah, sometimes his eyes are open, mm-hmm. sometimes they're closed. It's one of those things that actually TV and VHS is going to help you not notice, whereas Blu-rays... (laughs) Blu-ray, you can see right through those shades. Yep. All right, and here we go. 44 minutes. What's the idea? Was the second one PG or PG-13? PG-13. Was it? Okay. Had to be, because, um, you know, there was talk of... Mm. Yeah. What if we pretend he didn't die? well so andrew mccarthy apparently said that ted kichoff would get angry when scenes didn't get laughs when they were shooting Uh and i'm just kind of like who were you testing it off of like this is a he just blatantly wanted relatively light comedy right like yeah but he he wanted somebody to turn it up neither of these guys are used to this I would have got Jerry Levine (laughs) it is very much his type of role it is a Styles yeah. role. Okay. <laughs> Remember that guy. It might be important later. Wow. <laughs> nice hat. Okay, so she did, she did take a while to start talking, but then she does. Okay. Okay, so he kind of wins her over. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we're now going to go through Andrew McCarthy's series of attempted seductions, which I will have something to say about in a bit. If you look in the background, you can see some of the other um, party goers. So they did a good job of keeping the same people around. Yeah, the older guy got a lot of coverage. Yeah. <laughs> you stay the hell away from Bernie. This yeah, utter, all these people. Yep. This guy's the utter no creep. Yikes. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Ow. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if there's enough of a town for all those people to Oh, he just blinked. I just saw him blink. Yeah, you see that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice trailer moment there. You know who else probably would have played the hell out of Andrew McCarthy's part? C. Thomas Howell. Mm. This was in his wheelhouse at the time, too. It is weird that they didn't try to get somebody more closer in age to Andrew McCarthy for for Jonathan Silverman's part. Yeah. They just don't seem like two guys that would even hang out. Unless they're supposed to be around the same age. Okay, so I'm gonna have a hey, it's Lighthouse Beach at Evanston. Yep. 
romantic lighthouse sequence here. But it really is just like this. They're subplot is like cut scenes from some romantic comedy. Mm. Cause she's not going to figure into the, does she figure into the third act very much? Kind of. Surf's up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the start of all the I'm a dead guy gags. So we don't get to see the whole island from up there because they didn't do the. Yeah. Weren't able to do the shot. Okay, so and down the stairs. He would oh, be long dead. Long staircase. Oh. Yep. I think I hurt myself. Mm-hmm. Continuing there. This is a very long setup for what the eventual joke is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, how could it just fell and broke my neck? Uh. Oh. Okay. And there you go. Kissy, kissy, and remember that the surf. What's gonna happen? Boom! All right, so luckily she doesn't turn around and see the body ever. No. I feel like salt water would do some pretty significant damage to a corpse. All right, here we go. <laughs> Trailer moment. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's Larry's shirt on the banister. We're going to run upstairs. Knocking repeatedly on the door. And And cut. So, in the original theatrical version, they have to wait for Larry's female friend to leave. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. That got cut after the sequel to maintain some continuity, which we will talk about next episode. But it it was one of those things where for years I would watch it and be like, what? I remember something else in that scene. And it's because I, I did. <laughs> okay. So now we've got the mob girlfriend visiting. She's a little too Jersey. She's doing Mercedes rule from uh, married to the mob. Yep. Down to the outfit. Yeah. Jennifer Tilly is Mercedes rule. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so now here's look at the golf pants. Here's the other guy <laughs> following her around. And turns out Bernie's still capable. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the really, really uh, bad things about this here. This did not age well. Yeah, I mean, large swaths of this didn't age well. Nah. 
And this was PG-13. Uh-huh. I don't know. Was it trim from an R? No. <laughs> no. No? Uh-uh. I mean, it was one of your... I'm trying to think. What other PG-13 comedies... Besides Weekend of Bernie's too would have come after this. Because uh-huh. I mean it's PG thirteen, but yeah, its target audience is not. So not exactly kids. No. It's like- the teens, maybe, but yeah. this like this is like a twenty-something. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a it's a young adult comedy, like right. But most of those at the time were R. So having one that was PG thirteen sort of opened it up a bit and having the bit like being able to have a bit with uh the dead body they were also they were also able to run it on a cable during the day so he's making a richard sleeping on one of the sofas okay all the rooms in there. All right. So it is now Saturday morning. No. Yes? Yeah. Or is it Sunday morning? When do they go out? Do they go out Friday night? I think this was established on IMDb trivia. Let's see. <laughs> okay, let's see here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This all takes place. So this is Saturday. And the hitman's back on the island. (laughs) Jonathan Silverman's waking up. Apparently, this was Andrew McCarthy's favorite part. Uh, well, it was a big trailer clip. <laughs> or the clip they use on uh, Siskel and Ebert. 
Ah, you see, their boss there is dead. He's a corpse. I was watching, or I was reading something. So remember how Siskel got all pissed off about Joe Beth Williams being naked in a couple movies? We were talking about doing Poltergeist. Ugh. Ebert was the exact opposite. He was excited when chicks were naked. So... <laughs> He's developed a hell of a spray shadow. Mm Okay, so he wants to tell her, but he can't. And so now, luckily, Paulie is going to be ready for another trailer sequence. All right. I mean, this was, what year was the disorderlies? Like that was eighty eight. So I mean, they had tried bringing back screwball, slapsticky <laughs> comedies, right? Like, you know, this could have been the sequel to that too. <laughs> All right, and oh well. <laughs> okay here's a second time he thinks he's killed him Mm mm-hmm So now he can't use the phone because he can't figure out the answering machine, which is another 80s and 90s bit. So he's going (laughs) to listen to the message about killing them.
but they've still got to find the letter. I don't remember what that's about. <laughs> this also means that Bernie embezzled all that money and kept it around in cash. Yeah. We got to get off this island. Okay. So 66 minutes in, half hour left, they figured out the plot of the movie. How do they stretch this out on TV? Well, it's 98 minutes, so they only they had to cut eight minutes. Two hours. Yeah. Uh, I, they should steal all of those stocks they're throwing around. Well, uh, I like how, have you been looking at the books? There's like Robert, it's all these bestsellers, but there's like Children of Doom over there and shit. Like, is that a Mario Puzo? It was a Robert Ludlum. It might have been a Puzo on the other shelf. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Bernie, asshole till the end. So they're going to call the cops, but. Okay, so they haven't called the cops. Instead, they're just going to run. (laughs) So now we're establishing that they have to keep Bernie... Pretend he's alive to stay alive. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, this little kid. shit. Yeah. Uh. uh. (laughs) 
left his bucket. Uh. <laughs> Those darn millennials with their uh, I don't even know what do you sand fuck like what do you even call that stuff anymore? But sand fetish. <laughs> Uh oh. Hey, hey. <laughs> okay, so. Nope. Things are moving uh, faster. Yep. That'd be a good trailer moment, too. Hey, look who it is. Uh... So the stupid kid walked past the obvious dead body. Isn't there a point where it just becomes a dummy? I think when they get on the boat, we got a while to go before the boat. (laughs) Yeah. Or like Terry Kaiser was like, look, (laughs) I'm done. So that's not him. No. <laughs> that's a stunt man trying very hard not to show his face. Show his face, yeah. Yep. All right. We got some. Light comedy car chasing. It's weird because it's got this really long first act and this really long third act because there really wasn't anything to do in the middle. Like, set up no Catherine Reese Stewart. Toop at all. Nope. Right, she's missing. She gets back in late. Whoa. Oh, yeah, she comes back in for the very end, right? Yeah. Got a little car chase joke there.
Well, this was also before every every comedy had somebody from SNL on it. Mm. Like, you want something like Trapped in Paradise? Even that had SNL connection. Like, for some reason. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Uh. For the early '90s, everything had to have an SNL cast member. It wasn't until everything had to have a Friends cast member that that stopped. Yeah. Trying to who else? Because I mean, okay, so sitcom breakouts, Michael J. Fox. Uh huh. Who was between him and Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> well, well, it's not. It's not I, like they didn't try. They, yeah, but nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety seven. Right, who broke out between? Because remember, DiCaprio doesn't count. The Friends cast—they purposely tried with them Mm -hmm. a lot of those. Like, what's the one with uh, God, David Schwimmer? Oh shit, Schwimmer did a few of them. Kiss a fool or kissing a fool? The pallbearer. The pallbearer. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. He tried hard. Um, Lisa Kudrow did not. Matthew Perry tried kind of hard. Matt LeBlanc tried. Lisa Kudrow lucked out with uh, Romeo and Michelle. That became a a big thing for a minute. And then Courtney Cox had Scream. Mm Mm-hmm. But between that and Matthew and Michael J. Fox, there was not like anything uh, not really. quite like that. Uh-uh. Just in general, because I mean, Clooney, Clooney left ER in ninety six or ninety seven, right. and. The one who tried it before that was David Caruso, and he failed, and that was 94. So it's like, <laughs> you did not have you did not have TV actors in movies. Okay, so here's this guy. All the suspects are coming back. So instead, what you had was is, uh, in the early 90s, you just had any fucking SNL guy. Dana Carvey, you had Mike Myers, you had. Yeah, Dana Carvey was in a lot of yep. fucking bullshit movies at the time. Uh, at Master of Disguise and all that shit. David Spade. Mm-hmm. Remember when he had, he tried to go it? Yep. After Late. Farley died. Yep. Uh, and they tried to go together. Yeah, it was just like Adam Sandler. I imagine even. that once Wayne's World hit, right? Because that was like the first one. Wayne's World hit, and at the time, for a minute, they were trying to see what other characters. Yeah, 
they could make. And then they just went with the cast. So it's just like. Yeah, it was like Adam Sandler hit, Farley hit. But you lost having your, I don't know, Jonathan Silverman's (laughs) and William Ragsdale's. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's a shame he never made it. Hey, Bernie's all clean now. Mm-hmm. He's clean. He's dry. His hair looks great. <laughs> Hi, Bernie. Okay. So... We're about to get our speedboat sequence, which I believe was also a trailer shot. Oh, yeah. Slow motion. Oh, no. Damn, man, yep. Whoa. (laughs) Jonathan Silverman doesn't fall in? Okay. There he goes. (laughs) Oh. Yep. Uh, Some questionable ADR there. All right. Does this go poorly? Yep. No. Get no follow up of that, right? It's just right into this. Yep. Oh, hi, Jinx. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, and there goes the dead body. There goes the dead body setting up. See, it's like they've got the comedy beats, and then the, the setup to them is just protracted. It's very uh I don't know if lazy is the right word. It's just <laughs> lackadaisical. It just takes forever to set up the joke or to get to the joke. The setups are forever. We're still not there yet. Uh-uh. Wah, wah, wah. Trailer moment. It's the new Three Stooges. See, I got this thing called a dead shimp. Okay, so now we're cutting to them making their getaway into the open ocean. A nice helicopter shot there. They could afford a helicopter. And they're out of gas. So they have abandoned the boat. Wow. And we're heading back to shore on the dead body. Okay, so now Polly's got to get back to the island. Which I imagine was filmed down the dock from where they shoot the uh, arrival scene. Yeah. They didn't go far at all. Jeez. Okay, back to the house. Catherine Mary Stewart returns to the movie. We're going to get some more trailer moments, I feel like, in a bit. Yeah. 
What I want to know is how the cleanup works, because you know that Bernie wasn't cleaning up after that party. No. So was he going to leave it like that until the weekend was over? or? Right, because they were expecting more people coming mm -hmm. again. They were expecting people tonight. She's done that scene many a time. <laughs> How did they not make any jokes? Who were the grave robbers? Remember they made that movie with Simon Pegg and Andy Circus? The oh, famous yeah. grave robbers. They it seems like they should have had a mention of that. I think that guy, the one dude with the mustache is somebody. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> Starting some music, I think. Yep. No. They've never, like, done a good job establishing <laughs> oh. the interior of the house. So it's like... It's all over the place. Yeah, it doesn't, like... The second floor doesn't make any sense. And the... Especially that. What the hell? It's a walkway from the back staircase, front staircase to the bedroom. So yes, there were there was, was a like one of those bridges on a Death Star or some shit. They uh Jonathan Silverman could have had a bed last night, basically. Yeah, there's plenty of okay bedrooms. So now Bernie's going to kick him in the balls. Stunt man. And he still has bullets. Wait, there we go. Oh, he just ran out. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. And then we get the screw slapsticky fight scene set to music. <laughs> 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 
Captain Silverman's ready to help with his lamp. Okay. I figured out who this would have worked with. Mm. Patrick Dempsey and C. Thomas Howell. You're too young. Eh. I mean, I can see it. They could have done it. Yeah, it would have been more like a 1987. How is this not a TV movie? Like, yeah, they were a little older by '89, though. Yeah, but C. Thomas Howell was almost out of his. He was almost into his Skinamax phase. Oh yeah, early '90s. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ernie gets a little dignity. Cover him up. Up. Oh. We got the contractor and the other guy in the background. They're gone now. So uh-huh. This is all ADR, I think. Okay, and cute little kid, and (laughs) end of the movie. Yeah, no recognizable names after a certain point there. No. I thought the one guy was somebody. I mean, whether or not you're going to be able to recognize their names, because they're never going to be that. Uh. <sighs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> that's weekend at Bernie's. There, uh. better than uh, <laughs> better than switching channels. I think. Yeah. 
Yes, this is a very bouncy. It's a fun movie. It's a fun summer movie score, man. This is just, you know. Well, they've played it like a few times throughout the movie. Yeah. And this is the one time. Hey. You know. They play the whole damn thing, probably. They could. There was something about how. What is it? Um. Something about the title. Oh, the original title was Heat Wave, but had to be changed when Motown wouldn't allow the rights to the song. Uh, Another working title was Hot and Cold. uh, They were really playing that up. That seems weird. But they didn't... uh, Come up with Weekend at Bernie's until so much later. All right, keeping going here. Pacific Title did those. That's incredible. Shot <laughs> um, <laughs> <Something bad laughs> an aquarium? Okay. Huh. Monopoly. Oops. Timely to the music. Music credits. Classic um, music. Okay, there we go. I was like, where is the. <laughs> oh, they had to have that space. Yep. Oh, or by Jermaine Stewart. Yep. Okay. Bernie Lomax will return in Infinity War. Pretty much. Released by 20th Century Fox Film Corporation. I love how they never take that off, but they take off the early Right, stuff. They, but they change the... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's weekend of Bernie's. It is what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's not horrible. No, it's just also like, it's kind of a lot of work for a comedy. Like, it's really talky and not funny. Like, there's a lot of setup. And like... Yeah. It, you really need to you need to have the type of energy to do something like that to keep it funny. Yeah. And they were just kind of losing the juice to yeah. them. They don't, the third act is, it's too, it's too uneven. The tempo's uneven, right? Like, you've got like long this- bits, then you have short comedy bits, then you have long setups for comedy, short comedy. So it's like, it's never, it's not evened out that you're getting the character, there. I don't know, the comedy duo energy during the comedy bits because they're too quick. It's a shock that um, they came back for the sequel because, you know, that's one of those, that's one of those where they do a sequel and the leads don't come back. You know what I mean? That'll show you how desperate Andrew McCarthy and 
Jonathan yeah, Silverman Silver were, were in 1992 because this was a, in some ways, Weekend of Bernie's was like a Hail Mary for both of them, right? Like yeah. it was Andrew McCarthy trying to do something else. He was doing direct to video before too long. Yeah. Like, and he didn't. Because he stopped playing the college kid. Yeah. And he, he did not stick to direct to video as long as a lot of people did. That's why he seems so aged next to Jonathan Silverman. And then Jonathan Silverman, after this, did... No, oh shit, he did Breaking the Rules. Oh, God. No, he that's tried to one. bust it. Oh, that's right. He tried to do drama. He was in class action. He did a TV movie. He did Broadway Bound TV movie. Breaking the Rules, which was really a video movie. He did 1201, which I remember being pretty good. And then it was a little, it was Weekend of Bernie's 2. And yeah, he he hit TV movies pretty quick. So uh, (laughs) then, yeah, his show was The Single Guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the the must-sees. Yeah. That was one of the ones wedged in between Friends and something else. Yep. I vaguely remember watching some of this. Who's the black friend? Where? They have a black friend on the single guy. I think the second season. I never watched it. Yeah. No, it was all 97. Was that before or after? 95. Wow. So they just kept making friends knockoffs after friends was a hit. Okay. Um, (laughs) Then it was one with um, Fred Savage, right? Well, there's Caroline in the city too. Yeah. Ah, so yeah. Um, Fox had some. Yep. But uh, partners, buddies. <laughs> partners was the one with the uh, that aired the same time as Dead and Stacy. That was their attempt at the uh, NBC on Fox type thing. Yeah, they were really trying to ape the NBC must see. <sighs> So, uh, yeah, uh, next time it'll be Weekend of Bernie's 2, which um, I seriously don't think I've seen since the theater, but I may <laughs> have seen it once. I'm going to watch it beforehand. 93, it took him four fucking years? Oh, my God. Okay. Was it 93? It was, no, yeah, it was 93. I thought it was 92. That's sad. Yeah, me too. Wow. Um, yeah, so Weekend of Bernie's 2. Oh, no, Barry Bostwick's in it. Oh, I hate Barry Bostwick movies. Really? Ah, he's in it? Can't even remember what the hell he... Oh, well. He's the boy. He's the businessman dipshit in the background, I think. Hmm. Like, the excuse for them going there. So this is going to be from TriStar Pictures, because by this time, um, Gladden had gone out of business. So, uh, oh, so somebody bought the, the rights. Yep. Well, no, it was still Victor <laughs> Dre Productions. Mm-hmm. So, just new studios. Yeah. So this is okay. Wow. And uh, I was going to make a joke that the um, Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman were kind of like uh, it was a Jack Lemon Walter Matthau movie. But if you look at the poster for Weekend at Bernie's 2, it looks like a it looks like a uh, lemon math out 
poster from the 90s, though, not like one of their classic ones. It looks like Grumpy Old Men 3, somebody died. Grumpiest Old Men. So, um... Well, <laughs> oh, shit, how long is this next one? Please don't be... It can't be that long. 97. Okay. Yeah, see, it's a Weekend at Bernie's movie. <laughs> you can't go way over... You can't go too far over 90-something minutes with a Weekend at Bernie's. No, I suppose not. <laughs> no. I, I was terrified it was going to be 101. I was terrified it was going to be one of those... Well, this one minutes. does drag... The first half just drags, you know. Wait, this one or the next one? This one. Yeah. First half of this one. There's no real flow to it. No. Well, it's because it's because Larry's doesn't have a story. <laughs> like, and that's not because of the cuts to the theatrical version. That's just because Larry never has a story. And instead, it's this weird, not co- compelling romantic light romantic comedy mixed with the fucking, I don't know, mob setup. Like it's, yeah. But, yeah. And that was real shoddy to mob shit. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Like Man, that was so it's cartoonish. They had a helicopter. Know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, uh, trying to think what other 80, 80s comedy would have had a mob humor well no because this was pre-goodfellas if it had been after goodfellas it would have had some sort of a goodfellas reference oh yeah because everything did that yeah yeah for a minute everything was gangster yeah joe pesci would have showed up Uh, they called right you know weekend at birdies they waited a couple years they called joe pesci before lethal weapon uh no, because Lethal Weapon 2 was 89. Never mind. So, no. Because Joe Pesci didn't do shit until the late 90s. That's when he fucking started doing shit. Like 98, eight heads in a duffel bag. Like No, what was the one? The one where he, take, he has to be the manager of the building? That one. The Super. Sucked. That was like that was that was, Wasn't that early, though? Like I, yeah, I think so. That was like after Home Alone, I think. Because, I mean, yeah, because you forget about Home Alone, but there's also uh, my cousin Vinny. The, oh, the Super Vinny, was yeah. 91. So that was pre-Vinny. So that was, yeah, because it took Joe Pesci a while to hit. And then once that he did, it's like once he did, yeah, he, was in he everything. burned through it right away with like, yeah, he did my cousin Vinny. That hit with honors and all of that. Yeah, but then he did with honors. He did Jimmy. Jimmy Hollywood was fucking terrible. Yeah, that was big God hit. Awful. Big big fail. And then it was the one two punch of eight heads in the duffel bag and gone fishing. And that was basically it. And he retired <laughs> after Lethal Weapon Four for <laughs> eight years. So uh-huh. yeah, yeah, kind of weird. He never was that super busy. He took some other breaks, it looks like, too. Not that this has anything to do with uh-uh. <laughs> we get to Bernie's. But anyway. But Bernie's dead. What does it matter? Or <laughs> uh, is he? Who would he have been, though? He could have been. He would have been Polly. They just would have beefed Pauly? him up. Okay. They would have beefed <clears throat> up the part. You know, he would have thought the movie was about him. <laughs> oh my god 
you know who you who directed the super oh guy directed teen wolf wow Mm-hmm. his second to last movie okay um there we go uh-huh. everybody that's the end of that <laughs> yeah tangent uh so yes we're gonna bernie's too uh there <laughs> is gonna be uh voodoo i don't know if there's gonna be um white guys doing accents though i do not remember that no okay i don't think so all right chet hanks and what's his, what's his brother's name they could do they could remake it colin and chet oh boy yeah uh. all right on that on that fine note Thanks for listening, folks. Rest in peace, kind of, Bernie.